Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. I am not Patrick Doherty. I am Denny Carter. And I'm your host today because Pat Doherty has once again added a human being to his family. His, <laughs> uh, his, his wife uh, is, doing, is doing fine, reportedly, uh, ESPN reports, uh, after uh, giving birth to a baby girl uh, this week. And uh, we're very happy for him and his family Uh uh, I was texting with Pat a little bit before the show, and um, little baby uh, didn't sleep much on the on the first night. So uh, Pat is drinking more coffee than David Lynch at this at this point. And for folks who that <laughs> might you know might escape that joke, uh, look it up. Anyway, uh, I'm joined by uh, two of my favorite guys here, Kyle Dvorak and Patrick Crane. Uh, this is the first time I've seen Patrick Crane since. He escaped to some foreign land and was underwater for three weeks straight, I believe. Uh, so it, it is That's good right. to see Ukraine. And uh, to, to start off the show, uh, and we're, you know, we're going to get into the news here. There are some actually really newsy items that we need to discuss. And we're going to get into Kyle's Mock Draft 1.0, which obviously is, is exactly right. He didn't miss anything. Uh, and then, uh, and then my piece on some wide receivers, uh, but, but to, to kick things off, Crane, I, I wanted to ask, uh, you know, since, uh, your, your big best ball win, will you ever again, uh, deposit on any platform <laughs> or are you done depositing for life? No, I, I'm going to be depositing. Um, and Pete Overzet's been, uh, getting on me about this because I did withdraw. I withdrew <laughs> the $2 million off of underdog. Uh, fantasy.com and uh it's now you know I, I at first i thought yeah i'll just keep it on here and keep uh playing best ball and I had a bunch of financial advisors they they, they shook me danny they actually right. grabbed me by by the collar and yeah. shook me right so I, the money's now uh uh earning interest hey you know i, I hear that that's the way to go uh so i uh that that is a, a question i had right i mean i figured you were either going to keep it all in maybe withdraw a little bit for dinner each night you know but uh... <laughs> it's like his checking account now is just this right underdog and so account? it's a public checking account people can just... <laughs> every right. time i stream they're like oh you had a nice uh, nice little saturday there Pat. And I, I thought I thought of this as I as I may or may not have been making a deposit to play a little XFL. 
No, I left enough on there. Uh, I currently have like eighteen hundred dollars on on underdog, which you know feels like yeah, yeah. I don't have to think about this, but it's um, it's not enough to max BBM four, which oh, I will right. which I will be planning on doing. So uh, I will I will be depositing before the end of this year, most likely. Right, and so my my original question was actually going to be, uh, have you drafted a best ball team like uh, this this season? But the answer is absolutely yes. You've been doing this. I've been drafting uh, since I've been back in the country pretty regularly. Yeah, you have any finish? Because got... you're all going to be all slows, I assume, right? No, I'm not slows. I did I did two slows, which are still going. Um, I'm doing two FFPC slows, which are going now. But uh, I can't do slows, man. I can't Me do neither, them. So I don't like them. <laughs> I very quickly was like, nope, I'm I'm doing fast. I've did about I've done about like 15 fast big boards. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kyle, I, I did have a question for you as well. Uh, for the poor, you have and- a question for the poverty, <laughs> impoverished among us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's me. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I had a question for you. This is mostly selfish on my part. Uh, but if you happen to be dabbling in XFL showdown tonight between St. Louis and Seattle, who are we putting in the captain, Kyle? Um, uh, the Seattle's like third receiver. They basically run, I think they run like uh-huh. four wide, almost every yeah. player, three wide, every play. So it's not Gordon. It's not Pearson. It's the other one. And I don't remember who it is. I'll uh, look it is up. It, is it a uh, uh, VC? Uh, I don't, it, I don't remember. I don't remember any of these guys. Oh no, no. Oh, I, I got Blake, Blake Jackson, Blake Jackson. I, I it's yes. Blake Jackson. Yes. You're right. It is Blake Jackson. Uh, for for the listeners, you know, one of these spring startup leagues, the XFL is back, and Josh Gordon, maybe one of the three to five players that like universally everyone who's just a football fan knows, uh, mm-hmm. is in this league. And of course, that means he's gonna be like 50% rostered in a league where I don't know if he is going to play a snap. So I full fade him. Like, of okay. course, a 50 50- and, and this is coming from a guy who has 15 <laughs> best ball drafts under his belt, completed drafts, even despite being out of the country for three weeks. Uh, you guys are sick. This is <laughs> sick behavior. The the edge in the XFL, especially the first week, I think it'll get closer and closer to correct as we go on. But 50% of people played a wide receiver who like could have gone out and like been a healthy scratch, right? Not played at all. Oh we just God. don't know. We have no really strong reporting. That was unlikely. And as it oh. turns out, uh, he got the first touchdown of the game. It was one of the best plays. And it, it right. didn't bother me. I'm fine. I'm doing well. He Look, yeah, all he did was he caught the touchdown – uh, he he had a big drive late in the game. Okay, <laughs> where he had two or three good, nice catches downfield, and that's all. That's all he did. He's Dude, he was like fifty percent owned and could have gotten a zero. That happened to some of the other like forty percent owned guys. That like we just don't know. Uh, really? And they yeah, yeah they got like zeros or close to it. Some of them might have literally gotten zeros, but the the most popular one. And Josh Gordon is awesome. This is not to discredit him. This is uh-huh. to discredit the field. The most popular one, of course, the fish swimming around and get there. Uh, I, I will say uh, my process on playing Austin Prohl last week in XFL was that his dad was an NFL player and his dad is the coach, is the assistant coach on the team. What do you think? What do you think? His That's kid's not going to get out there? Come on. That's good process. <laughs> now, I, I listen to the Roto World uh, football show uh, when I'm not on it. And wh- one thing that I'm missing right now is the ability to speed speed up the conversation. You can go to you can go 1.5x, you can go to 2x. I would love to 2x this right now. You All just right. hit the 60-second skip button. Skip, 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 skip. Look, uh, Kyle and I are agitating for a two-hour XFL <laughs> podcast, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to that later. All right, let's get it. Let's jump into news here uh, because this is an NFL 
show first and foremost, except for when I completely drive it off course. Uh, so we actually had this report come in just before we went uh, live on air. And it's it's not the best news and, and, and very disappointing and, and uh, you know, big letdown. ESPN's Jeff Legwald r- reports that Javante Williams, multiple knee ligament tears, quote, could keep him out well into the 2023 season. This is, I don't think this is the biggest shock in the world. We were t- chatting a little bit uh, about this before the the show and and uh th- that knee injury was very serious it it, it was not uh, you know your standard knee injury however you know even though that is still very serious uh but uh so how do where do we go from here uh with with a denver backfield that a- as far as we can tell and we're pretty good at this they have no running back signed I, to the roster at the moment. No, I have an update. They have some, uh, they're probably reserve slash future guys. I know they added Tyler Batty. I think it was late last year. Maybe it was oh, right he's not the on the Ravens ended. anymore. I didn't realize that. Uh, no, no, they, they waived him at some huh. point and he ended up on the Broncos and he was kind of an interesting prospect, but yeah, I mean, he's he signed for whatever yeah, the, was. the, whatever the minimum is for, uh, I, he'll be a second year player now. Right. Uh, you know, he signed for something near, if not the exact minimum, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't like count on him even being on the roster. Unders- undersized day three pick, kind of a versatile guy, not particularly uh, – he's unlikely to ever be a lead back in the league. And one undersized. team has already taken him and then passed on him saying right. he's not it. So I, I really wouldn't count on it. I personally don't think the guy that starts week one, assuming it's not Javante, is on the roster. After that, it's like – Demaria Crockett and some guy, Tyreek McAllister. I don't even know who that is, frankly. And Chase Edmonds, they're going to almost certainly cut Chase Edmonds. He was not good with the Dolphins. He was not particularly useful with them. And it saves them something like $5 million. I, I wrote them up as almost a lock to cut him. Gotcha. There's also some pretty interesting free agents available that um, I think are pretty talented running backs. Like Damian Harris is available. Rashad Penny is available. I don't think either of those guys would be like particularly expensive to bring in. Obviously if Saquon hits the open market, he'll get paid. Um, but you know, they could, they could maybe look at doing that. They've got to figure out a way to, to salvage this rust experience somehow. But, but I, I would be, I would feel better about Javante if they had a guy like Alexander Madison under contract, like not, I would, you know, maybe I don't want them to sign Alexander Madison, but my, my point is like, if they had a guy that we knew was already, he was already kind of dealing with, like if Melvin Gordon was still there maybe. And it's like, okay, they'll feel comfortable just keeping this guy in place. And then once Javante's healthy, we know he's, we know he's better than this guy and and he'll be fine. I think it's a, it's a decent rookie class. There's some depth to it. There's lots of intriguing guys. Um, You know, I think it's gonna be kind of a hit or miss class, but there's lots of intriguing guys. It would be unfortunate to see them spend like a third round pick on a running back this year because I think there could be some real hits in the third round of this draft class. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, I mean, they could bring in a a Penny or a Harris, which would definitely make his life more difficult. Uh, David Montgomery, also a free agent. That's another good one. And uh, I, I don't know why he just he seems like a a Bronco signing to me. I just I feel like uh, (laughs) I can see like he could have that like Melvin Gordon tomb where he does a lot of stuff at a fine level, right? Like I don't think he's terrible by any means uh he's an okay runner good in pass protection can catch out of the backfield and that's kind of what melvin gordon was like it was clear javante was more explosive more exciting the tackle breaker but gordon had a role in that offense and i think like corain said that's what you want is uh even below that though i think david montgomery would be like an upgrade over what they got from melvin gordon you want just nothing more than the bare bones placeholder so javante can come back and get his job right away like crane said like 
they could luck into a, a pretty strong running back, uh, like potential starter in, you know, the fourth or fifth round, if that's what they choose to do. No guarantee that that's what they find. But this class is deep. Like that could happen. And that's like the nightmare scenario for Javante, obviously. Yes. Uh, by the way, at a uh, charity event, uh, he said, Javante Williams said that uh, he would hope to be back by training camp. But that that does seem very optimistic at this point. Uh, I I would I would say you know this will be a, a major topic of conversation into the spring and obviously into the summer uh, and and it's always a little awkward to boil this down to like pure fantasy talk when a, a guy you know seems to have his you know career sort of in, in doubt at this point uh, but uh, are you are you maybe taking a chance on him in in best ball if he falls to a certain point I mean he's he is you know like you guys know well and listeners know incredibly explosive like he pops in every category i guess the hope is that he gets back to that form would you would you be interested if if folks let him drop in uh, best ball so he's going right now in like the sixth round um he tends to go like maybe the fifth sixth round range he tends to go after jamar gibbs um and i prefer taking gibbs over him gibbs one of the rookie running backs he's a pass catcher i think he's gonna be Drafted pretty highly, uh, mm-hmm. very good chance of being drafted by at least the end of the second round. Um, I think a very nice profile for fantasy. After that, you get to this range of running backs who are like very shaky, feeling very shaky about it. Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, who might face a long suspension. Um, once you get to that range, I guess I'm normally not taking running backs, but I think I would still feel comfortable going with Javante over those guys, but I don't know. I guess this, mm-hmm. this, this news makes me wonder if I should just kind of consider him like a Dalvin cook where I'm just like, I'm going to let someone else take him for the time being. The, the reason that I would be a little bit more interested in Javante than than most of those guys though, is that when he gets back, you know, he could ramp up towards the end of the season. Maybe he gets back to the form that he was flashing in the fantasy playoffs and unlike a a veteran who's declining, he's more likely to make a difference for you in the fantasy playoffs, win you the money that way. Um, And and I think, you know, if he's going to fall to the sixth, seventh, then I probably will take some shots on him there. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. To me, he like vibes as a player whose ADP really has one direction to go. Cause it doesn't sound like positive news is coming. Right. It sounds like we get close and closer to training camp. Like he's not ready yet. He gets on the pop list to start the training camp. Maybe turns around and he comes off before the start of the season, but it seems like his ADP has really one direction to go. And if we can predict that ADP going that way, I'll just wait until it continues to get lower. Cause like Crane said, like, I think there is a scenario in which he comes back, not even halfway through the year, maybe a little earlier than that. And by halfway through the year, he's the Javante. We want to be drafting as a first, second round turn kind of guy. But I, I think that is maybe not a long shot, but it's, it's definitely far from guaranteed. I think the field will not fully process that until we get into the summer, probably. He's actually, sorry, go ahead. I just want to correct myself. He's actually, um, I was wrong about him going ahead of Mixon and Cook. He's going after those guys, after Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. Um, He is going ahead of of Kamara, but he's going just ahead of Damian Pierce, Isaiah Pacheco. Interestingly, J.K. Dobbins, who, you know, I think people are are now burned by his his slow recovery, but... um, you know, Dobbins is going to be two years removed. So maybe, maybe he should fall behind that group. Like, are you taking Damian Pierce or are you taking Javante Williams? 
I guess it kind of depends on Pierce. how you start your draft, but probably Pierce at this point. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I, this will be something we're going to talk about obviously throughout uh, the off season. Uh, lots to obviously overthink here with the Denver backfield. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what they do in free agency. All right. On to news that shook the NFL world to its core on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe Robert Woods was released by the Titans and uh, immediately posted to Twitter that he has his freedom and that he is free of the Titans. I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't see that coming, but uh, apparently he, he was not a, not a fan of being a Titan. Anyway, Kyle, is there any scenario in which Robert Woods can land in an offense where he's interesting for fantasy purposes? Probably not for me. Uh, he was like 79th in yards per out run last year. He was far, far worse than Traylon Burke. So it wasn't just the offense. Obviously, the offense he played on wasn't going to produce a lot of yards on a per route basis. But it was clear that just the younger, more talented player on that team was supremely better, like orders of magnitude better. Uh, it was, I think, his career worst yards per out run, worst yards after the catch per reception since his rookie season. Like, the Rams simply moved on from him basically for cap reasons. And this team has done the same. Like the NFL market has really devalued Robert Woods and what he can do at this point. And right. I'm going to do the same. And even if he lands on a really strong offense, you know, the, the chiefs take a flyer on him, uh, that type of deal. We just ran this gamut with Juju, someone who much like Robert Woods, even like physically sort of a similar archetype in the way they play. Uh, well, he was good a few years ago and maybe he just needs the right landing spot. Like, I'm not really willing to gamble on that when we've been shown year after year that Woods just isn't the player he used to be. Uh, the situation isn't as important because a receiver needs a certain level of talent to shine through, even on the Chiefs offense. Like we saw that with Juju and MBS. So, no, I, I can't even imagine among the best landing spots that right. I will like him whatever ADP he settles at. Uh, here's what's going to happen. Uh, and you heard it here f- first, folks. Uh, Robert Woods is going to be signed by the Ravens and he's going to see 90 targets. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that is I, Sammy Watkins comp is actually I could kind of see him going the kind of I mean, the Sammy he's a, Watkins he's the perfect Ravens around. receiver is he's, he's old. He's probably a little washed up. He's not productive. That's that's right. Known as a good baby. run blocker, too. That was a, yeah, he's tough, right? He's, he's tough, you know, but he's not good. And that's what the Ravens <laughs> look for in a receiver. Well, really. I don't know if he qualifies to go to the Falcons, but they seem to take every Titans cast off. Uh, there's even uh-huh. rumors they maybe w- might go after Tannehill. So uh, if you're on the Titans, you, you always have a home uh-huh. in Atlanta. Um, I, you know, generally I agree with Kyle's points. I would note he tore his ACL in November of 2021. Um, you know, he's he's 30, so we don't love that he really <laughs> struggled to come back from that injury. He might just be done now. But if he were to land somewhere. And he would continue to be free, which he basically is. And he's, he's going the very, very last rounds. Um, if the market was basically like, I don't care um, that he's signed somewhere good. I think you would. You would probably be mixing yeah. him in the late rounds in the same way. You know, Julio Jones. I mean, but think about that. The, you know, we were taking Julio Jones in the 11th and 12th round of best ball drafts. Turns out he was completely washed. Robert <laughs> Woods, I think we have more reason to think heading into this year is is completely washed but as an 18th round pick or something i would i would you know keep the yeah. keep the light on if it's a good yeah. landing spot we we love our bobby trees and we'll we'll keep them in the player pool somehow keep them in the player pool a deep a deep league all right on to kyler murray reportedly ahead of schedule on his recovery from an acl late season acl injury uh crane uh, does this change the way you might value kyler 
in best ball drafts, uh, and uh, and of course other other Fal- or not Falcons, other Cardinals players here. Tyler's tough for me because he's going in a range where, like, if he misses a big chunk of the season, then it's really going to hurt your team. He's he's got an ADP on underdog of 111. Yeah. Um, that's a range where you want a contributing player. You don't want it's not like a, a 15th round pick where you can basically have them just kind of chill on your bench until the playoffs and maybe they they hit one spike week for you and it makes a huge difference. As a quarterback as well, you're only taking in these leagues like two, three quarterbacks if one of them's not doing anything for a big chunk of the season. That's a problem. And this this quote was about him potentially being back earlier than expected, but then uh, that he might still miss a pretty big chunk of the season. Was what, was yeah, what I've got I the quote from you. It's from uh, owner Michael Bidwell, and it's just said that he could return. Uh, his return could be earlier than this midseason. That, I mean, that's not really yeah, that's giving us much to work with. Maybe it's a little optimistic than what we came into. Maybe, but like that doesn't really do. Like you said, that doesn't really rule out much more than he misses nine or ten games. And he said, maybe I think he said maybe too. So what? Like. We've, we've ensured that he's playing by week 12 or 13. This report doesn't move the needle at all for me, frankly. I, I think it's a reminder that your 10th round pick is like a 50-50 shot to come back before halfway through the season. Like, yeah, that's that's yeah. your 10th round pick. That seems aggressively high to me for Kyler Murray, uh, especially if they're talking about going more run heavy. Like this could be like Deshaun Watson or something where it's like, yeah, but once he gets back, he's winning me everything. <laughs> it's like and then he doesn't he actually doesn't change anything for you. Yeah. So. yeah, exactly. It's it's the health is like the first massive hurdle for your fantasy team to clear. And then there are many other ones with I'm I'm it looks like they'll probably move on from DeAndre Hopkins. So he's gonna have a different cast of weapons. They've got a new offensive coordinator and a new head coach, obviously. Uh, and he wasn't particularly good last year. So there are just so many like, what do you win when you win is kind of a phrase we've used here. If you win the health battle and he comes back way earlier than expected week three or four, you have so many other hurdles to clear that I totally agree his price right now. Like I, I wouldn't touch it. Right. Yeah. So then the follow-up question would be, Kyle, what do the Cardinals do at quarterback in the meantime? Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, Colt McCoy is also also suffered a, an injury late in the season. They're talking about him possibly missing some of some of 2023. I mean, not that Colt McCoy would be the savior of the, of the offense or, or for fantasy purposes, but uh, are they are they going to be pressed into into signing? You know, like a free agent to play? I don't know half the season or more. Yeah, I mean, uh, like in a literal sense, they don't have to sign a, a modestly expensive free agent, but just teams are going to do this in the way we talked about, uh, you know, could you get him back for halfway and maybe hits the ground running a la yeah. the hope with Deshaun Watson last year? Ironically, the exact same quarterback could be this team's first half of the season quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. Uh, obviously, the, the Cardinals clean house on their coaching staff. Offensive coordinator Drew Petzing is uh, the Brown. Well, was the Browns uh, quarterbacks coach. So he'd get to bring in a quarterback who knows his system, or at least if he plans on running some form of the Brown system, he would know that system well, not super expensive and make sense as like the bridge level quarterback in terms of play quality. So I think he's like a pretty strong bet to end up being his free agent. He's a pretty strong bet to be this team's quarterback in week one among like literally we can only guess at the free agent pool. They could dip as low as maybe like Andy Dalton. To me, I think the most interesting thing that I would bet anything they don't end up doing is just take a shot on a rookie, even just like a day three rookie in the way we get like 
Brock Purdy's and Gardner Minshew's who pop up as being like very strong, like salary cap values in that they're good backup quarterbacks and Purdy's a good starter. But even if he was just a good backup to Jimmy Garoppolo, if you can get a good backup quarterback for like, was like one point something, two million over four years, that'd be great. That's like a good way to save money at the quarterback position. And they're not like, they're not risking anything by losing games early in the year. Like even if Jacoby Brissett is as good as he was with the Browns, they're probably still a sub 500 team just based on the talent around him. This is by all accounts going to be a rebuild year. If mid season or later is when Kyler Murray comes But then back. why bring almost, someone in at all? Like they've got McCoy right. under contract. Why wouldn't you just, teams, that's just what teams do. I mean, I, of course I think I even have, I, I even brought up, uh, I, I thought uh, Houston's quarterback, Clayton Toon. Uh, probably going to be a day three quarterback, but physically actually has like a, a lot of strong physical attributes that could maybe parallel in practice some of the running Kyler does and and you can make a more easy transition between them. But mm-hmm. like, I, I have no faith. That in makes a team. lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah that, that makes but a lot of sense. I, I have no faith in, in teams just saying like, I guess we're just going to lose. We just don't see teams in the NFL do that. I think it's by far the smartest option is to take a shot or even multiple shots, take take a sixth and seventh round quarterback. Who cares? Take those guys and see if one of them can be a really cheap, strong backup option for mm-hmm. Kyler Murray in the future. Uh, teams just don't really have Do the you sort think of wherewithal. I, I know we had to deal with watching the most cringy clips of all time from uh, what's his face <laughs> when they, the new Ooh, coach. Gannon. Yeah. Jonathan Gannon, Gannon. Yeah. I keep wanting to call him Waldron, Shane Waldron, the, the, the OC from yeah. uh, Seattle. Um, but yeah, so Gannon, like, are they actually sold? Cause they're doing, I mean, the clips are so cringy that I actually am like wondering if, can you be that cringy? Is that really your personality <laughs> or are you just so bad at pretending you like this guy that you've had many conversations about moving on from? Kyler, you, you, you're talking about Kyler. Yeah, I'm talking about, about yeah. Gannon. My conspiracy theory is that Gannon is not as cringy as he seems because right. the, he's coming off cringy. I don't actually really believe this, but let's just say okay, he's coming okay. off cringy because he's trying to hide how much he doesn't want Kyler. Right. No, I, I, I'm with you. No, no, this is it. This is kind of a, a thought I've had recently. And, you know, Kyler is potentially a very good player. I don't think that he has like top end NFL quarterback in his range of outcomes, but very good. Also a coach killer. And I think, I think Gannon knows that. I think Gannon knows like this guy is going to ruin me uh, in, in one way or another, just like he, just like he ruined Kingsbury. I'm not saying Kingsbury was, you know, Kingsbury great, that, that. but yeah, yeah, Kingsbury helped, <laughs> helped his uh, cause and getting, and getting axed. But yeah, no, I, 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 that might be it. Also, he just might be cringe. I mean, he, I think he really is just that, super. He's probably just cringe. That yeah. stuff, guy. If 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 listeners are not uh, understand what we're talking about, go look at the don't. Cardinals. Don't go look at it. Social media. No, you must. You must go. Look. <laughs> uh, you 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 have to experience it for yourself. Don't listen to to to, to our account of it, and and you'll see <laughs> Jonathan Cannon uh, meeting a player. I don't even know who it was, and doing laser sounds. Pew 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 pew. Uh, when he meets yeah. the player and the player, the player's face just drops like, what, what is going on? Here? So, Someone said he was, crazy. I'm sure many people said this on Twitter. He's very Michael Scott esque. Uh, oh, yeah. And yeah. that it checks out. That's a perfect comp for him oh for, goodness. for the conspiracy theory, which I totally think it's possible. Like it, clearly like there was some friction between probably not just Kyler Murray and Cliff, but Kyler Murray and the organization, Kyler Murray and the organization yeah. as well. But the contract he's under now, it doesn't even clear, like get below a 30 million dead cap hit until 2026, the off season before 2026. Oof. So there's, so. there's no way out of it for the immediate future, barring a trade, which would still probably have to work around his contract so, in some sense. 
the Kyler contract was probably not good. And then the injury made it really bad, I think. Yeah. I think that that's going to end up being a, a terrible Here's an idea. If you're about to put a clause in that says you have to do X amount of tape watching per week, uh, don't yep. put the clause in because you just shouldn't issue the contract. Maybe Man. that's, maybe that's mm-hmm. a sign of, of where things should really be standing. Uh, my, I'm, this is not a joke and it's not a bit at all, but uh, my, my, my son has been playing uh, a lot of Fortnite recently. and uh, We do that, yeah. And he said, <laughs> and he said to me the other day, and, and not knowing anything about Kyler Murray, he says to me, uh, Dad, I was playing against this guy named Kyler today. And I <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, what? I said, <laughs> I said you're playing against Kyler. Anyway, it, did, it turns out not to be the quarterback. Oh, game, the no. But, uh, if only, if only your son could, like, understand the comedy of the situation. That's, I know. That's pretty good. Well, I told him. I told him, and he said, Cardinals, what's that? Wait, was that a uh, team? That's right. It wasn't Call of Duty. Kyler's a big COD player. I, I don't know of him as a Fortnite player. So That's what I – yes, that's what I said. There is a difference between the – I don't know what it is, but there is a difference between those two games. All right, moving on to the next news item. We have what I believe, and I said this on Twitter, and I and I halfway mean it, okay? And it's a little bit of a joke, but I halfway mean it, that this whole thing where the Bucks are pretending that Kyle Trask is going to be their unquestioned week one starter, I believe it's a psychological operation, otherwise known as a PSYOP. Uh, and I can't, there is no other explanation uh, for this. We have Bruce Arians. Today, who uh, Bruce Arians, someone on Twitter asked me, didn't Bruce Arians retire? And I said, yes, but he's still calling the shots in the front office. It's hard to say. Uh, Bruce Arians says, uh, we are in good hands with Kyle Trask. The new offensive coordinator for Tampa has talked up Trask as a viable starting quarterback, a point guard of sorts uh, in the Bucks offense. So we have Kyle Trask entering his age 25 season after being drafted in the second round of the 2021 draft. He has nine regular season pass attempts to his name in the league. Uh, this can't be real. Uh, Kyle, tell me this can't be real. Well, it is real if you read between the lines. He called the supposed starting quarterback, or at least what would have to line up right now. If you're playing a football game today, I guess he's our starting quarterback. He called him a distributor. That's what you say about backups. Like that is clearly he's trying to sugarcoat his analysis, but he's like, yeah, I saw, I watched the tape at Florida, really liked it. He was able to get the ball to the other players on the team. I'm like, that's not something you say about a quarterback. You're really rearing to get into the lineup in week one. It is possible, given their cap situation, which like they're forced to take like 35 million uh, Brady dead cap money this year. Didn't uh, I don't know if Brady didn't agree to it or they just didn't even care to sign him Mm -hmm. to a dummy contract, which they could spread that over the future. But their cap situation is terrible right now. They have a decent amount of free agents that not all will get re-signed and they'll spend some money to re-sign them. Maybe the musical chairs land in that they are forced to start Kyle Trask. And that wouldn't be the end of the world, right? He's young. He's still on a rookie contract, though that's coming to an end, basically. But they find out what he is. And more importantly, if he's, which is probably the case, not successful, you get a chance to get a good draft pick next year and find the real quarterback of the future. I do not think that's the plan this year. I think they have to be looking at either trading up, maybe if they get, I don't want to say lucky, because Jimmy Garoppolo is not really the lottery ticket you want, but say they can get him on a reasonably priced deal. I'm sure they'd consider that. He's not clearly their number one plan. He is a backup plan. He's probably deep in the backup Rolodex of plans, but it's an option. And I think uh, Dave Canales or Canales, I don't know how you say his name, was Mm -hmm. 
being kind to him, saying that there are some things he can do well. He didn't really describe him in a way that I would call him an NFL starter, though. And I think he knows that. That's a good point. Crane, what's what do you your think take? The Bucks, where do you think the Bucks think they are? Because um, if you look at their like Super Bowl odds, they're they're plus 7,500 for the Super Bowl. So they're like firmly out of it. Um, you know, like the Bears are plus 6,000. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they're they're even with the Falcons. But they're quite a bit uh, shorter odds than the Colts plus 18,000, the Texans plus 20,000. Uh, Cardinals plus 18,000. I'm looking at, uh, at FanDuel for these. And I don't know, man, if I was the, the bucks, I might say jobs yours, Kyle, let's mm-hmm. lose some games. Let's lose some I'm, games, buddy. I think yeah, that's not, not a bad outcome and their cap yeah. situation, because so much of that cap is literally just eaten up by Brady's like, you know, dead money hitting in this year actually isn't that bad going forward. They have a lot of outgoing free agents, so they'll also be losing kind of bleeding talent over the next few years. But their cap situation clears up pretty quickly. They could be trading back to acquire more picks. And more importantly, if they start Kyle Trask a lot, either he's good and that's a good outcome, but more likely, like I said, he's bad, which is also kind of a good outcome. I don't know if they believe that. I give teams very little credit for believing they're in the middle of rebuilds because we see so few teams actually commit to it. Commit to it. And, and And that means that ownership and the GM and the coach have to be behind the plan. And I, and you so rarely uh, get everybody in line to say, yes, we're doing yeah. this. We're going to take two, three seasons of pain in order to rebuild and to get back to a Super Bowl level. Unless, unless I guess the goal is just to, I don't know, eke into the postseason uh, once in a while. If, if that's the goal, you know, teams can do that, that you can do that after one year of, oh, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, terrible play and you get a, a high draft pick and maybe get there that way. But if the Bucks want to get back to anything resembling Super Bowl contention, it, they're going to have to endure at least a couple years of really, really bad football and probably undergo a lot of changes uh, in the process. I just have a they hard can... time saying that Kyle Tress is not going to get some competition. I mean, just like even if they draft like a fourth round quarterback, like I bet you that guy – could could compete legitimately yeah. with Kyle Trask. A hundred percent agreed. Yeah, I don't I don't have any faith in Kyle Trask doing anything, but I do wonder. I mean, I guess we'll see. Like, is Mike Evans going to get shopped? Because I, possibly I hope so. He's on the last year of his deal, so if they're looking to move Mike Evans, I think that's a a major sign. Like, we hear any buzz about that? That I think that doubles as buzz that Kyle Trask might really be treated as the starter here. Yeah. Uh, because if you're moving Mike Evans, you're you're tanking, and yeah, I don't know. They probably should. Mike Evans is uh, entering his age 30 season. He's been an incredible receiver, but you know, you don't have him under contract in 2024 anyway. You're not winning anything this year, especially if you're starting Trask. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, what are they? They're not really in the Car sweepstakes. They're not really in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. So totally, are, we're talking about Jimmy. We're talking about. I don't know, Brissett, like, yeah, <laughs> it's, you're not getting anybody anyway. And, they, and they're not in a draft position where they can get one of the top guys. I mean, Anthony Richardson seems to be like in the top 10 conversations we'll get to with yeah, Kyle's mock buzzing, draft yeah. here, but, but yeah, so you're like, you're kind of locked out of the top uh, four quarterbacks in the draft class, most likely. And the top free agents, they don't really seem to be in the mix for. So at that point, like I would tank, I, I don't think I'm bringing in Jimmy and hoping to, you know, try to win the NFC South and then get bounced hard in the first round of the playoffs. 
Yeah, they yeah. got bounced hard in the first round of playoffs with a lose. They had a losing record, I think, right? By winning the not mediocre, the bad NFC South with the best quarterback of all time. Not at the peak of his powers, right? But not terrible, right? Not really bad at all. Average to above average, I think anyone would say watching yeah. Brady play, even if he was not as good as he was even two years ago at the Bucs. Jimmy is not an upgrade over that guy, nor is Jacoby Brissett or any of the other mm-hmm. non car. I mean, car might not even be an upgrade over him. Rogers probably is. But what is, you know, your. Yeah, you get Jimmy. He turns out to be less of the Shanahan product than we thought, and you get bounced in the playoffs in round one. Right. I don't like, like Denny said, teams and, and entire organizations, business structures are so rarely aligned on the mm-hmm. optimal thing to do from the head coach to the GM to the owner and all in between that I don't. I, I don't have a ton of faith that they play for the long game. They don't have the longest you in the room, but I think that's the smartest thing for them to do. And I don't think it's much of a debate. Well, producer Adam is literally begging us to stop talking about Kyle Trask. So we're going to stop and I'm going to, I can't you, blame him. I can't blame him for that. <laughs> listen, we have super flex drafters, you know, listening to us. We got to cover every single quarterback. They, they I want to gotta know if they can keep Trask. <laughs> I want to tell you about the bundle price for the Roto World Draft Guides every season. Uh, lest you forget, is draft season. Get your Roto World Draft Guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts packed with profiles, projections, rankings. Uh, order today and get all three Roto World Draft Guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BUNDLE5 and save an extra $5 at checkout. You can't afford not to do this. I also wanted to remind our good and decent listeners about the Roto World app promo. We need you to download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster, getting the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your mobile device, whatever that might be. It's available in your app store today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Folks, we're going to shift over to Kyle's Mock Draft 1.0, which you can find on NBC Sports Edge, powered by Roto World. Uh, Kyle, I, I, I enjoyed reading through some of this to sort of get the lay of the land about what which players might be targeted by which teams. Obviously, things will change in the coming months, draft season being the longest season on earth. Um, but uh, a few of the, the picks from your mock uh, that I wanted to point out, we'll, we'll start. We'll start with the Raiders at uh, 107. Uh, you have Kentucky quarterback Will Levis, folks. That's his name. It's not Levi's. It's Levis. Uh, Will, Will Levis go, going to Vegas. Is this? Uh, uh, is it, do you think that the Raiders will chase a quarterback at that position? Yeah, I. The more I thought about it, I actually think, and, and I've looked at like betting markets, which are informing this, and, and like grinding the mocks data. I think maybe Anthony Richardson ends up going ahead of him, but I do think quarterback is such an obvious spot for for them. Obviously, they move on from Carr. I I doubt with the intention of playing Jared Stidham in the long term. Obviously, he was with uh, McDaniels in uh, in New England, but I really don't see that as like the future. I think he's free agent as well. They might have to re-sign him. It wouldn't cost much, but 
if you're this organization, you come off of a close but ultimately failure of a season. They had a ton of one-score games. It could have gone better. But you see a, a solid starter, fine starter, above average in some metrics, below in the others in Derek Carr, and you say that's just not good enough. Like You have to shoot for the moon. You can't be eyeing, bringing back Jared Stidham, bringing in Jimmy Garoppolo on a cheap contract. Maybe they don't choose this year as the one to go for quarterback, but then you are gambling a lot on a rookie quarterback in 2024, saving your coaching staff, essentially. You know, if they endure three losing seasons, it's probably done. It's probably lights out for them. So I do think this is a team that is probably eyeing a quarterback. And with four quarterbacks almost certainly going top 10, they're in a good spot to get one of them. They might not get their choice of them. They're probably, depending on who goes 101, there's been some like Richardson talk there. Assuming Stroud and Young go before them, they maybe aren't getting their first choice, but they'll get a high upside prospect. And I think both of these quarterbacks maybe get a little bit too much discredit as like super toolsy prospecty. They have some upside to them as just pure like pocket passing talents as well. And I just don't see how this organization goes forward with no answer at quarterback entering this staff's second year coming off of a losing year. Uh, what, is, what is McDaniel's deal where he goes into a situation where they like seem to have a guy. He's immediately like, <laughs> Nope, not you. And then he's like, give me a Tebow. I want a Tebow immediately. First round Tebow. Wait, this, is he going to do I, I like I like both these toolsy quarterbacks, but I'm terrified if he if Josh McDaniels has his hands on him. Well, I mean that, that's what we we say toolsy for for guys who are probably not great in the pocket as of as of their their rookie season. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if they're going to be able to upgrade from from Derek Carr. I mean, it will will is Jared Stidham an upgrade? Is Will Levis a, no. an upgrade? I I don't I don't know. Uh, uh, but I I do think that the that uh, McDaniel's commitment to Stidham is more than just a bit. I'm hoping uh, <laughs> because you know it's the it's the, the determining factor in the uh, direction of this franchise. But I, I mean, I I, re I really think that there's a there's a chance that they uh, pursue another another position or trade down or whatever and go with Stidham as their their starter uh, for for this season. I know that that doesn't seem likely. But where I really would Rogers think be? there is. Commitment. I was going to say, as Roto Pat would say, if he were here, they're also probably the the lead dog in the race to get Rogers. I mean, he would reunite with Devante. They talked about it, I think, at the Pro Bowls, what Roto Pat right. pointed out. And that would help this team. I don't think they'd be a really strong contender with Rogers, but it would help the current coaching staff coming off a losing year who can only afford one and a half to maybe two full more losing seasons. Uh, it would help them avoid the rookie comes in, struggles but shows promise, second year gets better, your team's at 500, maybe a little bit better. They don't have to worry about that on-ramp, which if I'm a coaching staff, I am worried about because I don't think my leash is super long if I lose three years in a row. So Rodgers would help them do that. I don't think it's the route I would take. He's but like Denny, 39. If you if you don't think they're going to – if you think there's a chance they go Stidham, where do you think Rodgers would go? Uh, Jets. I mean, it's either the Jets or the Raiders, right? Seems that way. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I actually do think that it'll probably be the Raiders where, where, where Rogers goes. So, so Kyle, if, so. if Rogers signs with Vegas, are they, are they still drafting Will Levis? Do you think, or, or are, are they, they won't have the pick. I'm sure they're, I would bet they're trading away this pick to get Rogers, which I see. again, I like, I don't know. Rogers like, I think he's just about 40 years old coming off of like a not good year. I get, he didn't really have like strong yeah. talent around him. He was not, not particularly good this year. Uh, how much longer does he have? Does he have 2021 20, slash 22 Rogers still in the tank? 
Probably, but that's a risk you're taking a, a lot for this guy who's going to cost you a ton of money, cost you draft capital. I don't know if it's what I even do, if he Frank. does. I, you're in Patrick Mahomes' division, right? Like, <laughs> I I'm not paying. I wouldn't pay this pick for Rodgers. No, I, you I also have to pay Rodgers. Rodgers is not coming in on a rookie contract. Correct. Maybe maybe two or three years ago I would have, but not not now. Not not yeah. after after last season. All right, we're going to get to a, a couple more picks that uh, were in Kyle's Mock Draft 1.0, which you can find on NBCSportsEdge.com. I wanted to skip down a little bit to B. John Robinson. You have the running back from Texas uh, being drafted by the Bills with the 27th pick of the first round. Now, we we actually had, a, a I would say, an animated Slack conversation a while back, two, three weeks ago, <laughs> about whether the Buffalo Bills are an analytics uh, forward franchise. And... The determination seemed to be, uh, no, they're not. And 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 Josh Allen helps them look like that, but they have been desperately seeking running backs for various roles for three, two or three years now. So Kyle, you have Bijan Robinson going in the first round to the Bills. It does 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 that fall in line with their pursuit of a running back? Yeah, I think in league circles, they. I mean, we know pretty sure like ESPN runs like a survey conducted by actual like analytics staffers in the league they're widely considered one of the the more analytics heavy organizations i think to some extent that's true and i think when we talk about them spending like consistent i think in four uh, or three of the past four years they spent a day two pick on a running back not yeah. something like us twitter spreadsheet analytics nerds would say is very analytics focused mm-hmm. but the bar is low for these these teams coming out of of still very boomer era football and thinking, getting some analytics staffers in their organizations over the past decade, the bar is low to be a quote analytics organization. So I don't, I don't want to say this like rules them out of being in the, the smart kids club teams that are smart, make what we think are suboptimal minus EV decisions all the time. And Bijan is a different beast. I like, it is very difficult to wrap your head around the positional value that we place on running backs. And we have a lot of good data to show that that's one of the more devalued positions in the modern NFL. It's one of the best prospects. He's, he's like a top five prospect of the past decade, right up there with like Saquon Zeke type of, of player. He's better. He's a, he's a, he's a better prospect than Zeke for sure. Zeke, wow. Zeke we got, we gave a big fantasy bump because he landed in a perfect situation with the Cowboys, but it's a pure prospect. So, so, you know, just is so yeah. good too. He grades pretty well in yards per route run and super interestingly had like a seven, eight dot last year in, in college football. Like he gets down the field, like obviously running backs can only do so much and that'll probably come. It will for sure come back as he enters the NFL, but he has like a special receiving talent that I think is maybe not quite on that uh, Christian McCaffrey level. I think he could probably comp to Saquon Barkley though. I think he uh, could too. Judging by the you know evaluation of of, of Bijan as such a great prospect, I, I saw someone I respect on on draft Twitter say that he's like Jamal Charles but better. Which Jamal Charles is one of the most efficient, uh, you know, efficient running backs in the history of the league. Um, how is he going to drop to to the twenty seventh pick of the first round? That's, I, I, I feel that's like a weird com- that's a weird comp for me. I don't think he has that kind of top end speed at all, and he's also yeah. kind of a bigger dude. He, he you should think about he basically looks to me a lot like Saquon Barkley, and I think a team would be bringing him in to kind of carry the load. Um, but I agree. I think someone will probably step up, yeah, and draft so him too. before this. Um, one of the things that you can count on in the NFL is that whoever we're currently holding up is our our analytics savior and analytics hero. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> will destroy hurt. us. Yes. And so let's let's add another one to the list. Let's have Quasi Adofa Mensa come in here. 
Replace Dalvin Cook. Replace Alexander Madison. Okay. Get a playmaker on a team that needs playmakers. We already saw them trade for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. We know they're interested in giving up draft capital. Try to add playmakers to this team. They're trying to justify this uh, Kirk Cousins restructure they did uh, last offseason. Right. They bring in Bijan. And then, look, you're ready-made for when you get another quarterback in in 2024. If You got Justin Jefferson. You got Bijan Robinson. You got to come to Minnesota. What a great offense we have for you. They're gonna do it, and we're gonna. It's gonna. We're yeah. gonna be tortured by this. Is he really an analytics guy? <laughs> Absolutely no. You, you I, never. I was gonna never go meet, even higher. I was never gonna go meet. even higher and say the Eagles at ten. The Eagles at ten. Another uh, organization that widely considered like one of the most analytics forward. Um, look, they're they really are a team where like you should not spend luxury picks. As you think you have luxuries, then injuries happen, then players like, you know, cornerbacks, uh, their production is so fluky from year to year. You'd love to just have a stable of them. So if one's having a down year, you can put someone else in there. You think you have a luxury pick like you're the Chiefs. You actually don't. And then it turns out you have Patrick Mahomes and you're great anyways. Not the point. Uh, you think you have a luxury pick and you don't, right? You find out that you had needs to fill. But this does look like a roster that can afford a luxury pick. They have so much talent in every single position. An incredible offensive line. They'll lose some defensive linemen in free agency. But they still have some players under contract for multiple years. Good cornerback situation. Bradbury thinks a free agent, though. Great receivers. Great quarterback on a cheap deal right now. So they could tell themselves they could afford it. I don't think many, really any teams can actually afford a luxury pick in the reality of what happens five months from now when players are injured in training camp or whatever, right? But they could tell themselves that, and they have an incredible run game. You would say that he would be so much better in their run game than every other team, and it would be incredible for a fan to watch this. He would be great. He, he's going to be great anywhere, but he'd be really great behind this Eagles offensive and, line. That's about the peak of where I can. I really did consider mocking them at 10. I couldn't bring myself to do it because I do think they're one of the more positional value-focused teams in the NFL. But they could totally do it. I could understand why they would do it. I wouldn't agree with it, but I'd understand it. I've even seen him mocked like as high as like, you know, what I think the Falcons pick like eighth or something like that, like as high as there. I think 10 is probably the ceiling-ish. Yeah. Uh, and I'd get it. I just could. I kept, I thought about the Ravens too. Like J.K. Dobbins clearly like wasn't back to full strength last year. Will he ever be? They're not a ton invested in him as well. And he's probably coming. He probably has like one year left on the contract. Even the Cowboys, though, then we kind of got some rumblings of Tony Pollard franchise tag, Zeke pay cut. That kind of nixes that situation. T number 10 is where I think is a ceiling. It'd be such a – Karain, would he be like 101 if he goes to the, the Eagles? I don't think he'd be 101. But, uh, yeah, I think in a good situation you're going to see him go top five because I don't think you're going to get a lot of pushback from, like, guys like me who, you know, normally are going to be a little bit uh, more cautious about like drafting running backs really high um he's just such a song, strong prospect although to be honest like the eagles is not where i would like him to go like i'd rather have him be on the vikings i think on the vikings you're looking at total control there's no one else the percentage of the backfield's completely empty you you all the projection systems and and projectors would have him getting like you know 75 percent of the snaps and like just completely dominating touches and uh i think they might throw uh, they certainly probably throw more often, but they might throw more to the running back specifically as well. Um, Red zone work would be a little concerning. With, I mean, a good bit concerning with uh, the Eagles and the Bills as well, because they both yeah. have such monsters right. in the red zone at quarterback. Right. Um, exactly. So I actually don't view the Eagles as that great of a land. My thing with with running backs actually is that like I think in some ways you're better off. You want an elite offensive line and a mediocre offense. I think that's 
the real sweet spot for now that the mm-hmm. Vikings don't have an elite offensive line. But yeah. uh, I think if you're a guy like Bijan, a lot of the value for for him is going to come from being just the total backfield. He can do everything. He can get used. It's Saquon. It's the same bet as Saquon. It's similar bet to Christian McCaffrey, um, where if he's on a mediocre offense, but he's getting all the work and he's got a a non-mobile quarterback, a quarterback who's be dumping down a lot. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Right. That's exactly it. So I, I feel like uh, I'm kind of out on drafting running backs who have a, a very mobile quarterback in their backfield. I think, you know, Jalen Hurts takes so much of the of the uh, green zone inside the 10 action that Bijan would absolutely see in in a Vikings offense with, you know, statuesque Kirk Cousins at quarterback. So I, I think that he is he would be more uh, appealing fantasy wise. I mean, not that if he went to Philadelphia, he wouldn't be. Um, but, yeah, if, if either team uh, drafts, if either the Vikings or the Eagles draft Bijan that that high. Uh, I would I would say it's a reminder that you never want to meet your analytics kings. You know <laughs> that's right. They, that's they, right. They will they will let you down. All right, and and finally, uh, before we wrap up here for Kyle's mock draft 1.0, uh, you have uh, Jalen Hyatt, uh, wide receiver from Tennessee, going uh, with the 26th pick to the Cowboys, and then Josh Downs from North Carolina going to the Eagles uh, at, with the 30th pick in the first round. So both of these guys would be obviously Hyatt would be probably the wide receiver two in Dallas drafted that way. And then downs would be a much needed wide receiver three in, in Philadelphia. Uh, Do you think that the, the, the Hyatt pick would that, would that mean that uh, that Michael Gallup's time as the wide receiver two is over? Or do you think that he, he could still maintain that role uh, you know, if, if he is at full health, if he finally gets back from that injury. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to say with Gallup. Cause last year he just didn't look like the Gallup we had seen in previous years. Like when they gave him that big extension, was it two off seasons ago now? Kind of made sense. He had like a really ascending sort of career path and it just came apart last year. And maybe it was the injury, right? But maybe he doesn't ever come back to full strength. And even if he does, and he's a strong number two, a team with a quarterback as good as Dak Prescott, an offensive line as good as they have, should want to be a team where you cannot cover all of their receivers. That's like the the rationale with the Eagles is that when you have a luxury pick, make your strengths, which are like especially informed by positional value. The receiver is one probably like in a conversation for the number two most important position in football. They've doubled down on their strengths. They took Devonta Smith and said that's not enough. We're gonna go out and trade for AJ Brown. And that was mm-hmm. an elite move, even though they paid him a lot and paid a lot for him to the Titans. He turned out to be a perfect fit for Jalen Hurts and dominated. Uh, so I think for them, they're getting for sure that like third uh, third receiver where you just can't, you can hardly cover Devon Smith and AJ Brown. You cannot cover this team's receivers if they have a third strong one. That's the upside case for a team like the Cowboys. The, the really the floor case is that if Michael Gallup doesn't come back to full strength at any point, like doesn't resume that 2020, 2021 form we saw from him, if he isn't ever that again, they need someone opposite CD Lamb. And I think CD Lamb is a really strong team's number one receiver. No team really in the NFL, unless you have like Patrick Mahomes, can really get away with having one good pass catcher. And that's what they were working with last year. And I, I don't think that's sustainable, especially when you don't have Patrick Mahomes, right? Like they can kind of get away with playing, they can get away with playing Juju and MVS because they have Travis Kelsey. Even Josh Allen, as good as he is didn't really seem to have a strong option if Stevon Diggs was covered because they didn't have anyone else. That is especially true for the next year of quarterback, which I think Dak lies in. 
Uh, Crane, do you have any uh, strong feelings about either Hyatt or Josh Downs? Uh, Kyle has Josh Downs projected to the Eagles and uh, Hyatt projected to Dallas. I don't have any strong feelings. I think they're both pretty interesting prospects. Um, Very curious to see how both test as well. Uh, But I think, you know, in in general, one of the things that, you know, it's when you're doing mock drafts or when we're kind of just like envisioning prospects in the draft, we're we're always like projecting them to go to like the most empty depth chart. Um, That never happens. You know, (laughs) remember CD lamb, CD lamb, no one had him going to Dallas and actually great pick. Great pick because I don't know why they traded Amari Cooper for a six-round pick um, when they were, like, about to make a playoff run. That was one of the most bizarre decisions. Uh, oh, well, you in, see, they in, had in, to in, actually give uh, Ezekiel Elliott the GDP of yeah, the state of Vermont. I guess you're right. <laughs> but, like, you know, wide receivers are very expensive right now, and they're going to have to pay CD Lamb soon. So I think it would make a lot of sense for them to draft a wide receiver. I think it's uh, pretty much every team – hasn't needed wide receiver. Like even if you're loaded like the Bengals, then you start to worry about having to pay the guys and it probably wouldn't hurt to take one. Absolutely. Well, check that out. Uh, that's uh, Kyle's mock draft on NBC sports We're going to wrap it up here. I will be uh, joining. I believe I'll be joining Patrick Darty on uh, Tuesday next week for the Roto world football show. Uh, we will have to check on his baby situation. Uh, in, in the meantime, but I want to thank you guys for joining me for Pat Crane and Kyle Dvorak. I'm Denny Carter. We'll talk to you next week. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.